0: By the time they have been retired for two years, 78% of former NFL players have gone bankrupt or under financial stress. This is Simple Joe for Saturday, January 8th, 2022. Now, before we start judging these guys let's think about this the average NFL career is about three years long and the median career earnings for NFL players it's about three million dollars see we all think about these these big contracts that NFL players get and professional athletes get and we don't take into account that those are just the the marquee players the best of the best of the best I can see we're an NFL NFL player If they don't know anything else, if they don't have anything else, if they don't have a fallback and they've only earned $3 million, I can see that after a couple years, they don't know what to do with themselves or they've probably, they're probably used to a certain lifestyle and they've, they've, they've done a certain, they've lived a certain way, right? Yeah, I can actually, I can have, I have a little more empathy understanding those numbers. Well, hello, my friend, I'm Simple Joe. I am so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we are here together. There are seven days left until I reach one year of podcasting every single day. One week from today will be my 365th day podcasting every single day. And that is pretty cool. I think we had a couple special guests coming up into this, uh, into next week to talk about, uh, talk about podcasting and other cool stuff at least i think it's cool but today we're going to hear the weather from london england we're going to look at my notes from greg mcgowan's book effortless and much much more i've been reading effortless uh, since the week before uh the end of the year and uh that week between christmas and new year loving this book i loved his uh, uh i loved his book essentialism just loved it i really did and uh, this book, Effortless, is just as good. I'm uh, pretty excited to share some of these notes with you. they are more, uh, they're not, I won't have a lot of commentary, but maybe I will. We'll see what happens. But I just want to share the notes that I, that I took from the book. And they're not really notes. What they are are highlights from the book. So I'll be reading directly from the book and maybe riffing on, on those particular passages. And like I said, much, much more. So for my friends, inner, near, London, England. You're going to see a high today of 11 degrees and a low of seven, and that is in Celsius. So what is that in the fifties or something like that? I can't quite, I can't quite do the math right now. That Celsius to to Fahrenheit calculation. Anyway, you're going to get some rain. You got a lot of rain coming most of the day today, London, England, uh, 11 for the high and three for the low in Celsius. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, seven for the high and three for the low with partly sunny skies and Monday, you got cloudy skies, eight for the high and six for the low. Thank you so much for listening, London, England. I certainly appreciate you. And I am grateful that you are there here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to see a high today of 43 degrees and a low of 40 with partly sunny skies. Got some rain coming tomorrow, Sunday, 43 and 18. Not a lot, but, uh, enough to make it wet, right? and uh, Monday, partly sunny skies, 31 and 10. So 43, 43, 31. Uh, today, Sunday, and Monday, respectively. So not not terrible weather. I mean, like I said before, it is January after all, right? <laughs> In 1933 today, Charles Osgood was born, CBS weekend news anchor, kind of the nice guy of news anchors. always appreciated uh, his demeanor and is uh his kind way I guess you would you would say and in 1935 the king himself Elvis Presley was born today uh, how can you how can you not celebrate the birthday of Elvis Presley right the king of rock and roll he died in 1977 i remember when he died my mom was so sad so sad and yeah we uh that was a big loss he had a he had a lot to give yet to music and to pop culture and to society i think elvis presley uh would have been a huge actor and would have been a great great entertainer for decades to come after his death but uh we lost him in 1977 he was born today in 1935 mr newlywed game himself bob eubanks was born today in 1938 really what a funny show right newlywed game there's some pretty interesting comments that have come out of that game and bob bob eubanks always handled it with uh uh, a splash of class, I guess you would say and, and a little bit of snark, a little bit of snark, right? Yeah. 1938. Bob Hubanks was born. Graham Chapman was born today in 1941, a member of Monty Python's flying circus. That whole group, uh, was hilarious. Right. And, uh, I think, I don't know who's left from the, from Monty Python, but Graham Chapman died in 1989, but born today in 1941, Stephen Hawking, the great physicist Stephen Hawking, was born today in 1942. We lost him in 2018. David Bowie was born today in 1947. We lost David Bowie in 2016. Uh, We lost Stephen Hawking in 2018. I, I think I said 16, but maybe I didn't. But we lost Stephen Hawking in 2018. Lost David Bowie in 2016. David Bowie was born today in 1947. Another one that had... That had years to give, right? That had decades to give uh, to uh, to pop culture. Mike Reno, <laughs> Mike Reno, oh boy, from Loverboy, born today in 1955. Now, as as many of us, we uh, uh we may have gained a little bit of weight as the older we've gotten, and Mike Reno, last time I saw him, was no exception. Uh, but <laughs> the problem with him was. He had the same outfit on that he that he, that he wore in in uh, in Lover Boy. and it just it just wasn't oh, terribly flattering, I guess you would say. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too mean. Happy birthday, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I could take that back, but that's not what I do here. <laughs> Mike Reno, born today in 1955. Loved, lo- I loved Loverboy. I thought they were great, man. Uh, I really did love their music. Fantastic. A musician's fantastic rockers. I really did. I appreciate it. Loverboy. i sorry about that snarky comment about Mike Reno born today in 1955. Happy birthday, Mike and Cynthia, Cynthia Erivo, right? Am I saying her name? Right. Erivo Erivo Cynthia Erivo born today in 1987. And it's interesting that uh, her birthday is today because I just saw her as the lead role in the movie Harriet Tubman and what a fantastic movie. Wow, what a fantastic movie. She was um it was powerful and heartfelt and dramatically uh, well dramatically acted. Uh really well done. Harriet Tubman was is a good movie. You should check it out. Harriet Tubman's story is amazing anyway. She she led uh, these slaves to freedom escaped herself, right? Uh by herself and led hundreds of slaves to freedom. Uh several dozen by herself and she even led, uh, union troops to help escape slaves to help slaves ex- escape. So what an amazing story Harriet Tubman has and, uh, a great person of history and Cynthia Erivo, I hope, gosh, I hope I'm saying her name right. Cynthia Erivo E R I V O was born today in 1987 and she did a fantastic job as Harriet Tubman in that, in that movie. In 1790, today, uh, U.S. President George Washington, the very first U.S. President, uh, delivered the very first State of the Union address. So, we celebrate that. Today happened in 1790. Today is Earth's Rotation Day. Also, today is World Typing Day. That probably needs to be changed to Keyboarding Day, but I'm sure there's people still out there typing, right? Earth Rotation Day, World Typing Day, National Winter Skin Relief Day, (laughs) a little... A little bit of lotion will help that, right? Uh, National Joy Germ. I don't even know what half these mean. I know what English toffee is. Happy National English Toffee Day. I like English toffee. I sure do. National Bubble Bath Day is today. Uh, I used to love taking bubble baths when I was a kid, making bubble mountains and bubble mustaches and uh, bubble waves and bubble splashes and what what fun bubble baths were when I was a little kid. I still remember that. Yeah, I remember giving my kids bubble baths and that was always fun bubbles all over the place and yeah happy national bubble bath day go have yourself a good bubble bath and today's national argyle day i've never owned an argyle anything um uh, never have not an argyle sweater not argyle socks not argyle anything and uh i should probably i should probably class myself up with a little bit of argyle don't you think so happy, happy Earth's Rotation Day, happy World Typing Day, National Winter Skin Relief Day, National Joy Germ Day, whatever that means, uh, National English Toffee Day, National Bubble Bath Day, and happy National Argyle Day. Well, in the last week of last year, 2021, I started reading a book called Effortless. Now, I, I, I added this feature in this show several months back, and I just kind of stopped doing it. Uh, just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like it was fitting in, but I thought it'd be good to, to do today. I've, I took, I've taken, take, not taken, I've highlighted several passages from this book, Effortless, Make It Easy to Get the Right Things Done by be- Greg McGowan. I really appreciated his first book, Essentialism, uh, it really helped me focus on the, the vital few, right? Instead of the trivial many, which is an important concept in that book. And, uh, this book, this book attracted me because of, it kind of seems intuitive. I've always thought that when we look at a project, there's gotta be an easier way to do this. There's gotta be an easier way to fill in the blank. And there normally is, uh, I think we tend to complicate things. We meaning me, I tend to complicate things and make things more, um, well, I'll just say complicated, right? Uh, more difficult than they need to be. Uh. Uh, I just, I think that most things that we do, we, there's an easier way. And Greg addresses this, that subject, that concept in this book, effortless. And so I was really attracted to this book and I appreciated essentialism and I knew that this would be a good book and it's, it's turning out to be a very good book. I'm going to read through these. They're kind of out of out of context. I think we'll get the gist of them. I might make a, I might riff a little bit here and there, but most of them just kind of speak for themselves. We'll just kind of see. What happens as I read these, but these were my highlights from, um, from essentialism. And I think the, what is my, what is my, um, what is my address? Let me look up that address real quick that I use for, uh, for this. So let me look real quick. The, the web address that I use for my book. So you can see the, so you can see the highlights. Uh, I think it's the simple slash reading. Yeah, thesimplejoe.com slash reading. The simple joe.com slash reading. That will take you to my good uh goodreads page where you can just click on uh you can click on effortless and you'll see the uh the parts of everless that I've highlighted if you are so interested to do so. So here we go. Starting and there's no chapter. I, I don't I don't have the page number or anything on here. These are just copies of the highlights that I made from a from excuse me effortless effortless if i say essentialism essentialism through this i mean effortless all right <laughs> i mean effortless i read essentialism by greg mcgowan i'm currently reading effortless so producing a great result is good producing a great result with ease is better producing a great result with ease again and again is best yeah, if we can repeat great results with ease and we can repeat that result over and over again and find a way to, to easily duplicate ourselves and duplicate our efforts, uh, duplicate our results without duplicating our efforts, that's kind of the, gold, the, the holy grail of productivity, right? Yeah, producing a great result is good, producing a great result with ease is better, producing a great result with ease again and again is best. The effortless state is one in which you are physically rested, emotionally unburdened, and mentally energized. You are completely present, attentive, and focused on what is important in that moment. You are able to do what matters most with ease. And that's what we're striving for, right? That flow where we feel physically rested, emotionally we're, we're in a good place, and mentally we are engaged. And, uh, and what we're doing is flowing, We're at ease and we're making it happen uh, without striving, without struggling, just at ease. What if the biggest thing keeping us from doing what matters is the false assumption that it has to take tremendous effort? What if instead we considered the possibility that the reason something feels hard is that we haven't yet found the easier way to do it? We are conditioned over the course of our lifetimes to believe that in order to achieve, we must also overdo. As a result, we make things harder for ourselves than they need to be. Why would we simply endure essential activities when we can enjoy them instead? Now, that was kind of several. You know what? I'm going to add one more to this. Uh, Essential work can be enjoyable once we put aside the Puritan notion that anything worth doing must entail back-breaking effort. Let's unpack that, Those what I just said a little bit. Um, the, we have a false assumption that hard work, underlying hard work, quote, hard, unquote, um, work is the only kind of work that is worthy, right? If we've not done hard work, then we've not really done work. If the work doesn't exhaust us, if we're not burdened by it, if we're not tired from it, If we're not, um, uh, worn out, you know, if, if, if we end the day with just, if we're not slumped over in our chair by the end of the day, then we've not worked hard enough and we don't deserve the, um, um, I guess it's the spoils, right? Is that, is that the right word? Uh, we don't, we don't deserve the, the, um, the rewards of our effort, the spoils of our effort, right? We're conditioned over the course of our lifetimes that it's hard work you know, we have to work hard. We, um, we have, and we have to work, right. We have to produce, right. But does it have to be hard? Does it have to be, uh, does it have to be strenuous? Does it have to be taxing? I don't think so. I think there's always an easier way, a not uh, a way that's not less productive and less engaging. And the results are not less, but I think we 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 think that just because we've worked hard we've done something good. And that's not necessarily the case. And and it does come from this puritan notion that that it, it must take backbreaking effort in order for something to be good. And I think we need to set that aside, right? We need to think that there is an easier way. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm not talking about being and there, this book isn't talking about being lazy. It's not talking about not contributing it's not being slothful it's just being an understanding that there's probably a way there's an effortless 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 state a way that we can do work that um that is not burdensome right that is not burdensome so let me go ahead let me go on with this because this is kind of the theme of these passages and the theme of of what we're saying here so the next one is this is kind of a tip to to become to plan for an effortless state, effortless state. Do not do more today than you can completely recover from today. Do not do more this week than you can completely cut recover from this week. And let's think about this. How many times have we just busted tail at anything? Maybe it's just physically working out and we've worked out so hard. We've just, we've tore it up, right? Or we've worked really hard for a week or, or a couple of weeks or a month. And then we find ourselves unable to recover from it. And we just find ourselves at a complete lack of energy, a complete lack of focus. Our muscles are, are worn out, unable to do just everyday tasks. Our brains are worn out, unable to do just everyday things because we didn't think about the recovery, right? We didn't think about what it would take to recover from this work. So don't do more today than you can completely recover from today. And you have to be disciplined to do that. And he talks about here, uh, about that discipline in just a second, but uh, don't do more today than you can completely recover from today. Uh, do not do more this week than you can completely co- recover from this week. Man, I've got a bunch here, and we're already a, a bit into the show, right? So this might be a little longer show. Um, let's see. This is a, these are just a couple. This is one thing that's that that's really interesting to me. Uh, people who sleep less than seven hours a night are more likely to suffer from cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, asthma, arthritis, depression, and diabetes, and are among eight times more likely to be overweight. Getting more sleep may be the single greatest gift we can give our bodies, our minds, and even, it turns out, our bottom lines, right? Sleep is important, and I think for so long, the go 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 mindset of our culture has has hurt us because of lack of sleep. We've hurt ourselves because of lack of sleep. I know I have. I know I have. I uh there's been times in my life that I've I've ran on three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, uh for months on end, just trying to get stuff done, trying to get life done, right? Working long hours or even a couple jobs when I was younger, just trying to get trying to get life done. And our hyper-productivity mindset, right, our go-go-go mindset, our grind-it-out mindset, our hustle mindset uh, leads to lack of sleep, which leads, leads to, and studies show, study after study after study show that lack of sleep leaves leads to cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, asthma, arthritis, depression, diabetes, eight times more likely to be overweight, and it hurts, it hurts our bottom line. We may think we're making it happen. But it's when, when all said and done, uh, lack of sleep hurts the bottom line, money, it makes less money, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It does. Here's the next one. Uh, to avoid diminishing returns on your time and effort, establish clear conditions for what done looks like. Get there, then stop. Ooh, how about that? In, in advance, think about this in advance. Decide what done looks like. When you're done, stop. Make a done for the day list. A done for the day list is not a list of everything we theoretically could do today or a list of everything we would love to get done. These things will inevitably extend far beyond the limited time available. Instead, this is a list of what will constitute meaningful and essential progress. Whether it's miles per day or words per day or hours per day, there are few better ways to achieve an effortless pace than to set up an upper bound. That's when you say, this is how much I'm going to do. And I'm going to stop when when, when I'm done and make it a reasonable, a reasonable list, a reasonable amount, a reasonable activity, whatever it is. Uh, probably what I would probably think about doing is what is the most I could get done from done today. In my mind, what's the most I could get done today. Slash that by 25%, and that's my list. Maybe by half. What's the most I could get done today? If I, if I, man, if I really put my mind to it, what could I get really, what really could I get done today? Divide that list in half, and that's my done for the day list. Done for the day. And then have the discipline to stop. Set your upper bound. Set your upper bound and have the discipline to stop and be consistent. Be consistent. So, yeah, I like that idea. The idea of, of setting an upper, setting an upper, uh, upper, what does it say here? Upper bound. Yeah. Setting an upper bound. Uh, and it's, it talks about avoiding diminishing returns in your time and effort, because when you, when you, um, when you work so hard and so long at something, if you, if you've overworked yourself. The tail end of your work is not nearly as a, as effective as the beginning part of your work. And you may think, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm still getting stuff done. Well, if you keep going, it's going to have a negative effect. Your work will suffer. You will, you will have uh, poor work. You will have poor results, negative results, right? When you should have just stopped and taken on the, taken on those tasks the next day. All right, next, what's the next one here? Holding back when you still have steam in you might seem like a counter, counterintuitive approach to getting important things done. But in fact, this kind of restraint is key to breakthrough productivity. It's kind of the same spirit. I should have probably coupled those all together. Holding back when you still have steam in you might seem like a counterintuitive approach to getting important things done. But in fact, this kind of restraint is key to breakthrough productivity. In recent years, neuroscientists and psychologists have found that the now we experience lasts only 2.5 seconds. Looking at that first step or action through the lens of 2.5 seconds is the change that makes every other change possible. It is the habit of habits. This is interesting because part of my I will list a few episodes back is uh, I will not leave the site of a decision without, I will not leave the, the site of a decision or the, the time of a decision uh, without taking action on that decision so what that tells me is if i'm going to do something right now on a decision that i've that i've made that i've made uh, i have 2.5 seconds to do that or else that or else now is gone and that's just a little kind of boundary to set you've got 2.5 seconds to take some kind of action towards that decision you make so if you make a decision if i make a decision And I, and I have decided that I'm not going to leave the place of a decision without taking action on that decision. I've got 2.5 seconds to start taking action on that decision. And what that also tells me is it's the smallest action, right? All I need to do is take the smallest action towards that, towards that decision. It's the habit of habits. It's, it's the habit of making a decision and taking action right now, making a decision and taking action right now, the smallest of actions. Because that will that will build upon itself. I like that a lot. Overachievers tend to struggle with the notion of starting with rubbish. They hold themselves to a high standard of perfection at every stage in the process, but the standard to which they hold themselves is neither realistic or productive. In context, what this is talking about is the idea of of when you start a project, when you when you want to, if you're creating a product, if you're starting a project. If you want to start a new, uh, a new creative activity, playing a musical instrument, or maybe learning a language, or whatever it is, understand it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be messy, it's going to be sloppy, and you can't let that stop you. Overachievers will tend to struggle with starting with sloppiness, beginning with messiness, beginning with rubbish, uh, because they hold themselves to such a high standard of perfection that they won't even start. They will see that they can't do it perfectly from the beginning. And this is, this is part of my problem, to be honest with you. Uh, I have this thing, uh, perfection paralysis is what I call it. And I don't know if that's, if I picked that up somewhere or whatever, but perfection paralysis. And actually, doing this show every single day has helped me tremendously with perfection paralysis because, uh, not editing, uh, or very, very little editing, almost no editing, it just goes out there. And I have to be comfortable with sloppiness. I have to be a couple, comfortable with sometimes shows have a lot of ums, And sometimes I talk over my words and I lose my train of thought, or I do the math wrong, or I misremember something, (laughs) or whatever it might be. And uh, I have to be comfortable with that imperfection, with that sloppiness, with that rubbish, with that uh, messiness. Right. And when you do that, you will make more, you will make better progress on your creative endeavor, whatever that might be learning a language, uh, starting a podcast, starting a book, writing a book, learning a new instrument, um, writing, whatever it might be. Uh, you have to be comfortable with sloppiness, with rubbish, with messiness in the beginning, because that's how you know you're getting better when you when you start with messiness. I like that idea. Uh, I don't know who he is. I don't remember, but this is talking about a, this is a, a kind of a little hack, a little mental hack on uh on making progress uh let's see what is this he teaches his language students to imagine they have a full bag excuse me let me start over he teaches his language students to imagine they have a bag full of 1000 beads every time they make a mistake talking to someone else in the language they in the language they take out one bead when the bag is empty they will have achieved level one mastery the faster they make those mistakes the faster they will progress this is talking about this is the idea of messiness and sloppiness and rubbish it's the idea that you have to make mistakes right in order in order to get into an effortless flow you have to be comfortable with mistakes and and don't look at mistakes like like they are problems don't look at mistakes like they are embarrassing don't look at, at a mistake as a, as it's an a an attack on your ability or your talent that's how you make progress right That's how you make effortless progress by making mistakes and being comfortable with mistakes and intending to make mistakes. And this little hack is to imagine that you have a bag full of 1000 beads. And in this context, he's talking about learning a language. And every time you make a mistake, talking to someone else in in the language you're trying to learn, you take out one bead. And until you have made 1000 mistakes, you can't achieve level one mastery. That's saying something right there, isn't it? I like that idea a lot. I really do. And the faster you make those mistakes, the faster you will progress. So get out there and, and make mistakes, right? I am loving this book, Effortless, Effortless by Greg McGowan. I really invite you to uh, to check out this book. And if you want to, again, if you want to, if you want to look at what I'm reading and my highlights in the book, Effortless, and some highlights that I've done on other books, you can just go to the simple joe.com slash reading, the simple joe.com slash reading. Well, let's wrap it up right there. I mean, this is a, one of my longer episodes recently. That's okay. I appreciate that, but we're going to wrap it up right there. You know, the reason I do this show is because I love talking to you and I hope you found some benefit in uh, and these highlights and these notes and these comments on the book ever list. Uh, I certainly appreciate you showing up every day and joining the conversation, it means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. You really do. I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate you helping me become a better podcaster as I approach one year. I have improved. Maybe not as much as I would have improved. Maybe I've improved more in some places more than I thought I could improve. But I'm comfortable behind the mic at this point, and and that is a huge improvement. And I'm comfortable behind my mic and behind behind this mic, talking improvisationally, not being afraid to make mistakes, and uh, being solo, just be by myself. You're here. I mean, I, you're here. I see you there. Yes, you're here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, kind of talking solo behind the, behind the mic and that improvement. I have you to thank because you're out there listening. I know you're out there listening. Cause you give me feedback. You send me text messages and you, you tell me I'm doing a, a good job and you give me tips on the show and you give me thoughts about, about the content and so forth. And that means so much to me. It really does. And if you want to continue doing that, I would really, really appreciate it. Joe at thesimplejoe.com is my email address. Joe at thesimplejoe.com. Or my text is by far, by far. People use the text, uh, the text number um more often than than the email. But you can text me, five one three three nine nine-six four six eight, five one three three nine nine-six four six eight. If you don't want to give me a kind critique, I get it. That's cool but I would love if you would just say, hi, just a simple text that says, hi, Joe. I love that puts gas in my tank. And if you like listening to the show, do me a favor, share it with your friends on social media. Use the hashtag. Simple. Joe is my friend. Simple. Joe is my friend. Hashtag. Simple. Joe is my friend. I would certainly appreciate that. Here we are into the weekend. First. Is this the first weekend of the, uh, of the year? Uh, technically the second weekend of the year. Um, yeah. The last, the last Saturday was the first. So the, here, the eighth today, the eighth, uh, it is the, it is the second weekend of the year. So, uh, I hope you're making great memories. Hope you're, hope you're spending time with the people who love you and the people who you love, because that's what it's all about, right? Making great memories, giving stories that people may tell for generations to come. This may be the weekend that you're hanging out with, with somebody close to you and, and a new, a new, family catchphrase <laughs> comes about or a new family tradition gets started or a new family thing gets started and uh, that way you're making memories right because memories are better than stuff thank you so much for listening i appreciate you and i love you but not in a weird way i'll talk to you tomorrow take care